With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. So I'm a competitor. You know, he's, he's the best player, and, you know, I'm going to be able to tell my kids this one day. So, uh, you know, it's exciting. I love the challenge, but like I said, man, it's a team effort. This is quite. This is something uh, for Marcus uh, Morris that his twin brother Markeel will never have. Markeef. 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 Yep. Excuse me. Doesn't have sports person of the day certificate. See, that's right. Marcus Morris. He's the thicker one, right? He's the thicker one. Uh, uh, well, Marcus, Marcus is. Uh, Mar- Marcus is Mar- a little bit more. Markeel is six ten. Yeah, Marcus, I think, is maybe six, like an inch, six, inch or so shorter. Yeah, and isn't it? He just looks kind of. Muscular, muscular, more muscular. Markeith is a little bit more of a power forward, Mm -hmm. stretch forward. They've both already played for quite a few teams, haven't they? Oh, they moved around. Yeah, Yeah. they were playing together and played together quite a few times. Yeah, okay. They were drafted. I think they were drafted back to back too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Well, anyway, um, Marcus, uh, yesterday uh, before the game against Cleveland, Marcus Morris from the Celtics said uh, he wanted him. He wanted the man. Bring he him said, on. Uh, it's, uh, he said that uh, he's the guy to guard him. He said, and he defended James on 39, LeBron on 39 possessions yesterday. That's how good his stats we have now. We now have to know who's guarding him, how many plays. And uh, the, uh, the Cavs uh, had a terrible game. LeBron had a terrible game. And uh, Morris elevated, Morris basically started for the Celtics because they went to a uh, a small ball lineup against them, and they finished. uh, He also uh, finished with 21 points, 10 rebounds over 34 minutes. He was a plus 25 and plus minuses. That's pretty good. You know what his nickname is there, uh, Manny? What is it? Mook. Mook, called Mook. Marcus and the other guy is called Keel. That's kind of boring. But... uh, They're brothers, and uh, they come from Philadelphia. Five uh, boys in the family. Uh, the older ones, Dante, Blake, David, and the uh, then there's the twins who have come along. Uh, Markeep is now with the Washington Wizards yeah. in the NBA, and uh, they've uh, they have uh, had pretty dang good careers. This guy was drafted in the first round in 2011 by the Rockets, 14th pick. And uh, he ended up uh, going back and forth with the Rio Grande uh, Valley. He's had mm-hmm. quite a few injuries. Traded by the Rockets to the Suns 
uh, in uh, February of 2013. And Markeith was already in Phoenix at that time, I believe. Yeah. And yep. then he signed a contract extension with the Suns. Traded by the Suns with Reggie Bullock and Danny Granger to Detroit in uh, 2015 before the season. And then uh, last year, the Celtics acquired him for Avery Bradley. And, and, that's, what it, and that's what it was, Reavers, before we started when you asked me which one of them was like kind of the pain mm-hmm. in the you-know-what. It was Marcus because I think, or no, I think it was Markeith because Markeith was mad that they that the Suns traded Marcus away. Ah, mm-hmm. And so Markeith was not, not too thrilled about it, and I'd imagine Marcus wasn't either. But uh, it was uh, quite a defensive effort by the Celtics, and as the game progressed, it became even more aggressive because they found out Cleveland couldn't make its three-pointers, which uh, made it easy. But it was, what did they got it within six, right? They got it within, I think they got within six at one time, and then they just buried him again. And this Boston situation is going to be extremely interesting uh, the Brown kid is fantastic. Oh, I love uh, Jalen Brown and the uh, the the Duke kid. I got it. Tatum, he's, Jason he's Tatum. fantastic. And now next year, as you pointed out earlier, you're going to get Gordon Hayward back and Kyrie Irving back. Uh, now, they eventually, like, do they still have Brooklyn's like next five first round picks too, or is that trade? <laughs> well, one of them. With? Well, one of those Brooklyn picks is with Cleveland now. Oh, because, that's right. Because of the, the Kyrie, Kyrie trade. trade yeah. Uh, but they've got the Celtics have got somebody else's pick for like next year or something not this year but for like next year too so wow well cuz they did the they did the trade with the Sixers remember the Sixers That's had right. the had the uh the Celtics had the number 1 pick and they traded it for Mark So where did this and, Dozier kid come from? Where did he come from? He's been around a little bit. Rozier? Right? Rozier. Terry yeah, Rozier. Rozier. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one that I got him mixed up with uh He's, he's Brian, from Louisville. Uh, DJ Dozier who oh, uh, DJ. <laughs> was one of the failed number 1 draft choices of the Vikings. Yeah, Rozier what? Uh, he played at uh Louisville. Yeah, and, and is he their draft choice? Yes. Okay. Uh, he was picked in like the twenties, I think, a few years ago. But it's he's interesting because he's the guy that, whenever there was like supposed trade talks with the Celtics mm-hmm. about their assets and all that stuff, he was the one guy that Danny Ainge said, "Nope, nope, you can't have him. You and can't now, have Terry uh, Rozier." No. And now, and what's yeah. interesting about him is uh, when he's not playing point guard, they can put Marcus fullback, Smart or fullback Marcus Smart out there, the world's yeah. thickest point guard, and, and he's he's going to be interesting because he's going to be a restricted free agent this summer. They're going Mar- to some, they're gonna have to let some guys go. They have they? to let some of these guys go. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know it's funny you mentioned DJ Dozier. I got into a Twitter not argument but a back Uh-oh. and forth about DJ Dozier because remember. I don't re- recall if it was before his time with the Vikings or after, but he played he baseball. Play baseball. Yeah. He played baseball afterwards. For, was it the Mets? Is that yes. who he signed with? Yes. And he so was that ever happening? No, I I remember. Cause yes, it, he did. He tried to play baseball because he was not satisfied with what was happening with his NFL career. I think right. he was still in the league, and he just stepped away. And he was going to go play. And because he, he got, did he get to the big leagues, or did he get to no, high AAA so. or something? I don't think he did get okay. to the big leagues. But he could hit better than Michael Jordan. Wow, there. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I saw Michael Jordan couldn't hit eighth for the Meadsville Mudhands. I saw him play a couple of times. I went down to uh, Birmingham to see him and. uh when he was playing mm-hmm. baseball. That was uh, one of the weirdest things of all time. Well, people have their conspiracy theories yes, as a result they of think it. that maybe the NBA said, you know, it's, it's a bad look you having gambled a million dollars on golf games and the like. So uh, <laughs> so uh, let's just take a year off here. So 
Anyway. In fact, is Dozier, was he part of the Burnsy rant when his shoe came off? No, that was Alfred Anderson. Dang it, it was Alfred Anderson, you're Alfred, right. I love him. Anderson. He lo- he did love Anderson. Alan <laughs> Rice and Alfred Anderson, he loved those two guys. They both played at Baylor, too, didn't they? Anderson and Rice. Oh, did they, they really? Yeah. I think they were both from Baylor. <laughs> Speaking of which, I see we got beat out. Yes, we got beat up oh, by Baylor. Oh, Gopher Hole's very upset. Well, and it's uh, it's it's kind of unfortunate because, you know, were we willing to give him the same incentives that Baylor is willing to That's give true. people? That's true. That's true. Because it ain't cheap. No, it ain't cheap. You know, a lot of free country fried steak and stuff when you go to Baylor, and a lot of you know uh, Baylor. You know, whenever you get beat out by Baylor, you say, oh, okay, all right, well. Uh, we know where his priorities are. Who's, is Scott Drew still coaching there? Is Drew still coaching there? I think Bryce so. Drew or Scott Drew, whatever his name is. I think it's. They're supposed to be the, the number one Wheeler dealers that are Drew. out there. Baylor. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, all right. Well, we yeah. veered off topic there a little bit. Yes, I'm sorry did. about we that. Did. Scott but Drew anyway, is the coach at Scott, Baylor. Anyway, yeah. congratulations, Marcus Morris. You can when you and the twin are hanging out together, you can say, "Hey, hey look at this! Eat your heart out!" Right here, <laughs> sports person of the day. We'll be back. Whitmore is at in the uh, press box at uh, Target Field, where the tarp is on. And uh, what is the forecast for uh, whether we're going to get this thing started or not, sir? Uh, it depends who you talk to. Uh, some people optimistic that we'll get this thing in, but it's raining right now, and the manager was a little cryptic this afternoon, but he didn't sound exactly optimistic. Uh, they uh, we might uh, have to. I guess Dave Dahl told us they'll play, but they might. You're not going to get that six o'clock start everybody was hoping nope. for. Yeah, we might have to wait a little while, but especially with it being a makeup game, Pat, I think they're pretty motivated to get this one in. Oh, yeah, because uh, you're not getting that team to come back here again. They're going to say, take no. a hike or yeah. play it. You're going to have to play it when you go to Seattle. Uh, they haven't been yeah. to Seattle right yet. You're going to have to add nope, it on. Nope, but they'll to go the, next weekend. You're going to have to add it on to that. So how come Eddie Rosario is not in the lineup today? Uh, sounded pretty simple, just a lefty, end of a long road trip. Molitor basically picked his spot. I think he's trying to rest Rosario a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then he'll continue to do that. He said that at the beginning of the year that they'll try to find some days. They got five natural lefties in the lineup when Jason Castro's in there, and some days you just need to give him a rest. So I think it's nothing more than that. And after being red hot, he uh, I think he had uh, 0 for 4 yesterday, so struck yeah. out a couple of times. So maybe he thought this was a good day to uh, take it. So Jason Castro, uh, surgery. Yeah, it's a disappointing turn for the Twins. He got a second opinion in Colorado, and I guess they said surgery. And Mueller said he doesn't know an exact timeline, Pat, but... He's getting part of the meniscus. It sounds like he's getting part of it removed, uh, partial meniscectomy. And I'm not a doctor, but that doesn't sound all too pleasant for a catcher. Molitor guessed four to six weeks, but I think until they get in there and have the surgery you know, completed and make sure they get through it fine, no surprises, I think it's hard to peg a timeline on that. But I'm expecting at least a month for Castro, and that's... That's a bit of a blow to lose your starting catch. We could be only one injury, one foul ball off a guy's uh, uh, throwing hand from having my guy, Williams Ostadio, up here to catch. Yes. Uh, we yes. want Williams. 
If you, you want, and I talked about if you want training, a, Pat. This was a guy. If you want a fast game, here's what you need. You should have Williams. I I looked it up the other day. Now it was a week ago, but he had one walk and two strikeouts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Swing the bat, boys. And uh, defensively, I don't know what we're making of this kid yet either. But yeah. the uh, as the stats nerd in me caught caught his page uh, coming into spring training and thought, oh, this would be an interesting little story. No strikeouts, no walks, not a lot of power. Just kind of developed, and he's a journeyman catcher. Yeah, I, I don't think the Twins would be hopeful that it comes no. to that. And if Castro's back in in four weeks, and maybe this explains some of the offensive shortcomings he had earlier this year, I don't know. But they uh, they could certainly use some good news around this time. And uh, I, I, I doubt if it would be my guy Willens coming up either because uh, they they really like that Navarretto defensively. And mm-hmm. uh, they're more interested in defensive catchers than they are catchers who can hit. But uh, this is good for Bobby Wilson. Uh, last year he had to spend the entire season in uh, AAA for uh, Los Angeles. First time he hadn't been in the big leagues in seven or eight years. He's going to get a good run here now. You'd think so, and also good news for Mitch Garver. He doesn't necessarily have to look over his shoulder every single night. Um, I, I like the minor league stats that he's posted with the bat. Like I think he can actually be a hitter at this level, but I don't know if it's just me, Pat. Maybe I just blew in on one or two mistakes or something and, and amplify it, but he's left a lot to be desired behind the plate, in my opinion. Yeah, he's not, I, a, good re- just, he's not a good receiver. He can throw. Yeah. He can throw, yeah. but... Uh, uh, there are the the experts are telling you that uh, you know the the big pitch framing guys are are suggesting that the reason uh, Gibson didn't get was he, did he catch Gibson the other night? He, I think he was. He, the yeah, that the reason they didn't get pitches on the corner was because he's a bad pitch framer, Garber. But mm, well, those, those look like strikes to me. Whether no matter how you're framing him or not, but he's uh, definitely big? challenged uh, uh, as a receiver. Yeah, I mean, it's as simple as saying, like, hey, here's a fastball on the outside third. This is where you're supposed to catch it, and it's not supposed to end up at the backstop. I, yeah. I don't think you need advanced metrics for that. And I just counter, too. I'm, I'm a stats guy, Pat. You know that. But one of the things that we've if, – if we zoom in too closely on the stats and, and pin that on the catcher, well, we ignore the fact that it could have just been an umpire having a bad day back there. And We've got a balance for those kinds of things when we look at that. And I just think that this is a good run for Mitch Garver. If he gets a chance to sort of establish himself and he can clean up behind the plate, then he can maybe establish himself. Uh, it's it's tougher to do that when you're playing twice a week, so maybe this is his opportunity to take it and run. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Though. It looks like uh, the manager would just as soon uh, play him every other day, too, and let let Wilson play. I know the manager, and you know that from spring training, uh, Molitor, he uh, – he really liked Bobby Wilson, and in fact, yeah. uh, with 10 days to go, he was not uh, willing to say that Garber was the backup. So, yes. you know, he yes. was uh, he was not exactly jumping. Well. And, and for this very reason, because they, they right. knew that, the, that Garber is really limited uh, defensively yeah. right now. And you look at the rest of the lineup too, Pat. I think they can afford that. I think they can afford it behind the plate. And they can afford it at shortstop where you don't necessarily need the biggest bat because the rest of this lineup, I, I think, looks pretty strong. They've had, obviously, some stop-and-go weeks here, but if Maurer's hitting, if Dozier gets back to hitting, if Escobar continues to do what he's done, Rosario and Kepler, they, they're they pretty deep. I think they can absorb 
trading some offense for defense at a couple of those positions. Derek Wetmore is with us. Now, last week, uh, Monday, Tuesday in St. Louis, they played the two best games they've played all year, in my opinion. They were just clean. I mean, they they pitched. They they caught it. Uh, they really fielded well, and they got some hits, and they moved the runners around. I thought, for the most part, they stunk it out in Anaheim, and I'm shocked that they managed to win two games. Uh, Saturday, they basically gave away all three runs and somehow still won. And then Rosario had the base-running blunder in that game, and uh, they still ended up winning that game. And then yesterday, yes. uh, Adrianza, there's no excuse for not scoring standing up on that ball. I, I don't know what yes. the hell got into his head. And I saw that he didn't exactly seize on the opportunity to say, boy, did I mess that one up after yeah. the game. <laughs> so well, yeah. uh, so I, I, I just didn't – I thought they really played sloppy – uh, baseball, uh, that whole uh, series against Anaheim, they were just lucky that the Angels couldn't yeah. get a hit with the runners in scoring position. No, right. Well, and I think it stood out because they'd started to clean it up. Like you mentioned the St. Louis series. I think, Pat, all of April was kind of, especially towards that final week of April where it was just ugly. They'd lost, I think it was 8 of 10 or something, and just bad baseball. There was some okay pitching, and yeah, the offense pop up every once in a while, but when you talk about sloppy baseball, I think what you're talking about is a, you know, a dumb base running mistake, or bobbled a ball in the outfield, or threw to the wrong base, just things that you don't expect to see screwed up in the major leagues, and the Twins were screwing those up in April, and, and then I think when they cleaned it up, go back and have another bad series then out west, it, it sort of stands out to you a little bit more, and Molitor said this this afternoon that Overall, yeah, they're playing better. They're pitching okay. They're scoring some runs, and for the most part, cleaner baseball. But he said that's still there's still room for improvement for us. He paused and he said, "I think especially running the bases." Yeah. So you can tell that it's definitely getting under his skin too. He sees it. Well, they send the runner uh, yesterday, and that guy doesn't score. That had to drive Molitor crazy. That they that's didn't, why they didn't you send the runner. runner. Yeah, you right. put him in motion so that in case Grossman runs into a double in the gap, he scores standing up. And what Adrianza was doing, stopping before second base, I don't think I'll ever know. Well, he looked like a Lonnie Smith play from the uh, 1991 World Series. At, uh, but I'll I take your word I for it. I didn't see anybody faking him, so uh, I, yeah. I don't know what the hell he was doing. I he's, think he was just uh, trying to read the outfielder, but that's you You got to know where that ball is. He's a, uh, you know, they got him from the Giants. Uh, the Giants had him up and down several times, and he mm-hmm. couldn't hit a lick for the Giants. Uh, I guess, and I guess the explanation is they wanted him to be a slappy, but uh, he played a lot better for him last year than he is so far this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he was a great player for him last year, under the radar because he didn't play a whole lot. But when he came to the Twins and he'd bounced around kind of that whole winter, getting he's the 40th man on the roster, and okay, so you get outrighted, and then he clears waivers, and he bounced around a lot before he wound up in Minnesota. But I think he bulked up, Pat. I think he, I want to say he added like 10 pounds of muscle or something like that. He's a bigger guy. I like him defensively. I think he's a real slick fielding shortstop. Um, but the situation in San Francisco, too, I mean, think about who, who he was playing behind. Uh, uh, yeah. With those Giants teams winning three World Series, you weren't going to play at shortstop. You weren't going to play at second base. And you weren't going to play at third, especially early on there. So he well, found himself and, in a good situation in Minnesota. But, I mean, I, I think you got to expect more of him than that. So uh, where do you think they'll send, uh, if Miguel's ever ready to play again in our lifetime, uh, where where do you think they'll send him <laughs> on the rehab? I, You know, sending him to Rochester, I, I don't, I, 
To me, I'd always send those guys to Fort Myers. What difference does it make? What kind of pitching they're facing? The question is, you want to send them somewhere where they're not going to get rained out. Now, of course, yeah. he's not playing till June uh, that you get the 430 rain in Fort Myers. But uh, yeah. this guy, there's no doubt he's going to be rehabbed. Uh, you can't, you know, this time, there's, it's not with, gonna, you're not going to activate yeah. him. No, with Byron Buxton, it was, well, stick his glove in there and let's hope he can work his way back at the plate. I mean, his, his timing's off. I think you saw it in the three games he played in Anaheim, but he's not quite all the way back offensively, but, you know, maybe he'll take that trade off. With Sano, well, he was striking out in 40% of his plate appearances before. So what, what would be left there? I think they're for sure going to send him on rehab. He did take ground balls and some batting practice and he ran a little bit today. Uh, Molitor told us that it's not 100% yet, but the hope is that each day gets a little bit better, and if he has a good week, they might send him out next week. But I definitely understand your step skepticism that uh, it's an if he's back in the near future more than a when. I, I think they would be looking for a spot to send him out on rehab, uh, even if it's at the end of this week or something. Derek uh, Wetmore at the ballpark for the uh, the uh, hopefully the uh, makeup game against the Seattle Mariners, who don't have uh, Robinson Cano. And they do have uh, Gordon Beckham back in the big leagues. 2008, the kid gets drafted. 2009, the mighty whiteys call him up. And we all said, this guy is a future MVP. And it just shows you the mysteries of baseball that the kid, the first two, first two, three years in the big leagues, man. Man, I wish I had Gordon Beckham. And then all of a sudden, you could have had him anytime you wanted him. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and I had thought, actually, you know, they made the offseason trade for D. Gordon. I thought they might bring him back into the middle infield to try to replace Cano, um, who I, I have no idea when he'll be back, but a fractured finger, you don't think it'll be anytime soon um, to to put Beckham in there. It, maybe once he looked like a future MVP, but right now he doesn't look like a future MVP, to put it that way. So Did anybody, the Mariners are definitely going to hurt him. Yeah, anybody, uh, anybody ask about Lance Lynn today? Nope, uh, he was in the he was in the clubhouse, but no, he did, did not ask about Lynn. Yeah, they got to figure him out. You got Trevor May on the way back. You got Herb Santana, hopefully on the way back in a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, there's there's going to have to be some movement there with that starting yeah. rotation if everybody stays healthy. Well, and Fernando Romero's looked good in three starts, including his last one. Barrios has been a little yeah, he was uh, rocky the last couple, but obviously you're not. You're not looking to pull him right now. Pat, usually we talk about this and say, yeah, we're too early. He's, he's two weeks away probably for Trevor May, and he might beat Santana back. Uh, this is just, this will take care of itself. But this is the yeah. time, Pat, where I, we always say that. This time it does look like there will be a numbers crunch, and I wonder what the Twins are going to do, whether it's bump somebody to the bullpen. But uh, the, usually I say, don't worry, it'll figure itself out. This time I'm saying you might get two pitchers back in short order. What are you going to do here? Well, watching Barrios the other night, I got to tell you, he threw the uh, curveball on a one-two pitch to the first batter, and I watched the motion and said, what in the hell was that? And he was yeah. screwed up all night. He, so what are you seeing? Had, I don't know, me. but that breaking ball early in the year, what were you saying? Boy, Gardy is right. Look at the ball coming out of his hand, and yeah. something's <laughs> happened. He now has got three pieces to his 
delivery. You know, he stops. He's, I mean, it's, I don't know what's going on with him. Sure. I think he's a deep thinker, whereas uh, I don't think Fernando's going to have that problem. I think Romero's Fernando just going to... I think Fernando's going to fling it, and uh, Jose's trying to figure it out all the time. So. And maybe uh, Fernando's going to let it fly. I, I see Barreos in his first couple of starts, and of course the one against Baltimore where he was so good with the complete game shutout. It's four-seam fastball, the two-seam fastball that runs across the whole plate, and then what you're saying, the breaking ball was not only a get-me-over or a strike pitch, that was absolutely swing and miss for him. And his last two starts, we haven't really seen that. I mean, I know you see the strikeouts are down, but it's it's more than that. It's Now he's in a 1-1 count, and you don't think it's just easy for him. There were a couple of those starts where it was like, this is this is almost an unfair matchup in the last two anyway. I, look, I don't know if there's something wrong. I don't know if it's mechanical or if this is just going to be a blip on the radar, but that's something that caught my eye on this road trip that said, ah, hang on a second. They need him to be at the top of his game if they're going to get to where they want to go. All righty. Uh, stop thinking. That would be my advice to Jose. <laughs> stop thinking. We'll, uh, Great advice. we'll see you at the yard, sir. All right, thanks, Patrick. All right, Derek Wetmore covers the Twins for 1500ESPN.com. Well, I took a little too long there in my Derek conversation, but I had to try to teach him some baseball. (laughs) That's very noble of you. Yes, that's right. (laughs) We teach sports here. Here's Johnny Height with a sports update. Thanks, Patrick. This update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Uh, Twins catcher Jason Castro, he'll be out a little longer than originally thought. Uh, he's going to have surgery tomorrow, undergo surgery. He'll miss another four to six weeks of action. He'll undergo surgery to have part of his meniscus removed. Uh, so it looks like the catching will be done by Mitch Garver and Bobby Wilson for the Twins. Uh, the Twins, they play tonight against Seattle. Jake Odorizzi pitching for the Twins. Righty, uh, lefty, excuse me. Patrick, your paper steered me wrong all day. Oh, they a, had us playing the wrong team? No, they had Wade LeBlanc as a righty, and he's a lefty. Oh. Wow. Uh, lefty. I Wade blame Lavelle. Lavelle. <laughs> just... Lavelle, nobody in the history of ball writing has had more trouble with left and right. <laughs> <laughs> lefty Wade LeBlanc pitches for the Mariners. Now, uh, Dave St. Tweeter did tweet, uh, St. Peter, excuse me, Whoa. did tweet, the start of the game will probably be delayed, but they're of the opinion they will get the game. I out, just so. looked at the radar, and it looks like she kind of opens up after Wilmer. There you go. <laughs> okay. I think Dave St. Peter should change his Twitter account <laughs> Dave to Dave St. Tweeter. That'd be <laughs> funny. Dave St. Tweeter. Yeah. Yes, he could do that. <laughs> uh, go for a softball team. If, if team <gasps> oh, that reminds me. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt oh, yeah. you. Maybe uh, I should uh, tweet at the Prez. Uh, any chance we'll play tonight's game at U.S. Bank Stadium? Yes. Oh, he was a big right. fan of yeah, those. He said that uh, right now. Uh, <laughs> Why not play it at U.S. Bank Stadium? <laughs> I'm going to get blocked by him. Gophers softball team won the Big Ten tournament yesterday. That gives them three straight Big Ten tourney championships for the last five. It also means they have an automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. They will face Texas in the Seattle region. It also means we got robbed again. Last year, they were the number one rated team in the country and had to go to Florida. And this year, they got to go play the number five team in the country, Washington, out there. And they got to play Texas in the first round. And Texas has been in like 14 straight tournaments. Why does the NCAA softball committee hate the Gophers? 
Uh, they'll face, I'm serious. They'll, they got robbed two years in a row. They did. Yep. Uh, they'll face Texas in the Seattle Regional 8 o'clock hour time Friday night. Vikings defensive end Brian Robison announcing on Twitter and Instagram today he will come back for his 12th season in the NFL. Uh, last season, Robison had 20 total tackles, including 15 solos with four sacks and two passes defended. What was he doing defending passes? He Drops into coverage. Does he? Three once technique in a while? In the, yeah. Okay. Hand in the grass. Facts. I'm, have they made him take a pay cut yet? Like they do everybody else, those thieves? <laughs> uh, Fox confirming today Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, who are already the top Sunday afternoon duel for the network, will call the new Thursday night package. Oh, I'm, I'm only in favor of this because it offends all the Twitter oh. uh, the Twitter abusers. They out don't there. like those two guys? Well, they're just, they're, they think it's overkill. So they're very okay. upset by this. Well, I have yeah. friends on Facebook who are Viking fans that think, of course, that they both hate the Vikings. So mm-hmm. it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buck will likely need some NFL games off in the fall, of course, when he calls the playoffs. So it's not known yet who they'll team with Aikman when Buck is focusing on If you on are baseball. still mad at Joe Buck for the Randy Moss <laughs> thing from 13 years ago, uh, you are pathetic. Mike Goldberg, I say, bring him in. Mike Goldberg, the old wild guy? Yeah, let him yeah. scream. That'll be good. Let him All scream. Right. He did a couple of Vikings vein- games for, uh, for Fox a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh, that's really? right. Zimmer's first year. Yeah. Yeah. I boy, forgot about he, boy, that. Boy, did he dislike me. <laughs> I can't imagine I, why. I made a little fun of him once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Johnny, you got to go, man. We got right. to see what traffic's doing. Okay. Ride with Royce. The voice such as one hears once in a hundred years. On 1500 ESPN. The Ride with Royce now continues. First of all, 69. Offense. He's giving them the business. It's time for Late Hit. Strikeout. Gophers. Get the three-peat. Minnesota is your 2018 Big Ten Tournament champs. Uh, we don't have the same coach over there, the one that turned the program around, uh, Jess, Jessica Allister, right? She left Isn't for Stanford? She went, left for Stanford where yeah. she played. Uh, the new coach came in from Iowa State, I believe. Uh, but three straight uh, Big Ten tournament titles for the Gophers. They have the player of the year once again in Lindemann, another I one. Uh, the uh, Amber Fizzer, Pfizer, the uh, pitcher, she's an Iowa kid. They've really loaded up on Iowa's got very good fast pitch softball, and they really loaded up on those kids. But uh, this is an amazing turnaround. Like five, six years ago, they were horrendous. Mm-hmm. They were awful. And uh, now they've uh, become a powerhouse. And I was over at the Gopher baseball game a week ago Saturday. And they had a nice crowd at Seaver Field, but looking across the distance, they were playing Penn State. That little ballpark, I think it holds maybe a thousand, was jammed. Really? Was jammed. Now it was a beautiful Saturday afternoon, but they uh, draw extremely well. And uh, they've, they've got a, you know, they've liked the men's team. The nice thing about softball is if you got a cold, lousy day in March, if you just can dry it out for a while, you can play because mm-hmm. it takes you about an hour and a half. Mm, yeah, if, right. If yes. your pitcher's chucking it, so they can they can get rid of those. They can you know the seven inning games, and uh, you can uh, you can get those team play. But and meanwhile, the women's track team won the the state uh, the outdoor 
title for the Big Ten after winning the indoor title. What would we do without women's athletics no at the University of Minnesota? Right. Volleyball. Yep. They had a good basketball year. Uh, and now the, they got the Lindsay. Women, the women's program has uh, been uh, fantastic over there. The men's kind of dragging behind. So, look, quick question. Do we produce softball talent in this state? Or are pretty a lot of good, these but, pretty uh, good, uh, but uh, Iowa's become... Like the hotbed become their recruiting grounds because apparently Iowa had a coach and I don't know if they fired her or not who uh, did not have she's kind of a grumpy old gal who used to have success kind of like me on radio and uh, <laughs> and uh, and she just kind of turned everybody off sure you know so. You are. You're the Iowa women's softball coach of Twin Cities Radio. I'm basically the male radio equivalent <laughs> of her. You know, everybody leaves. Uh, okay. Go for baseball. Yep. They uh, they were in trouble. They lost on Friday. And they were down 4-1, to one, I think, going into the 7th on Saturday. And they got 8, and they won. And then they won again Sunday. And... Uh, uh, then so they're still in first place. They're a game ahead of uh, Michigan. They go. They finish at Rutgers. Actually, they're playing St. John's in Queens on Tuesday, and then they go to Rutgers Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Rutgers actually beat Michigan two out of three a couple of weeks ago out there. So they're not very good, but they're not a pushover. But if the Gophers sweep uh, at Rutgers, there's nothing Michigan can do, and they would win the Big Ten title. And they uh, were rated 15th. Now, a source told me, and it wasn't John Anderson, it wasn't anybody directly associated to with the baseball program, mm-hmm. uh, but has relayed the information to me that the Gophers administration has decided not to me, even if the Gophers would be in a position to get a regional, that's made the decision not to bid for such of one because it would cost them some money. What? What? That's that's insane. Uh, no, it just would show the level of interest that the current athletic director has. I in guess the baseball that's program. okay. That's what I'm getting at. Why? Why wouldn't you? Well, all right. I that, don't know, but I let me make it clear. Yes, I didn't get this. From John Anderson. Right. I haven't talked to him. I didn't get this from Rob Fornasier. By the way, did you see Fornasier's uh, quitting? No. He's retiring after this season. 33 years as uh, John Anderson's right-hand man. Wow. He's got a great guy, too. Do you know yeah. him? I, I've only guy. talked to him once. Yeah, hell of a guy. Okay. But anyway. Uh, That's too bad. Uh, yeah, well, you have a uh, administration over there. A lot of people that if if... If they have their druthers, there wouldn't be baseball. So, anyway. Uh, how about those uh, Washington Caps, man? Oh, yes. Uh, two road victories. Look great. And uh, I, we talked about it a little earlier. They lost their first two at home to Columbus. Yeah. They were going to go out in the first round. Everybody was going to get fired. And uh, now they're uh, maybe going to go to the... Have they ever been in the final? They yes, were in once, right? 98. 98. Uh, 98. The Red Wings. They were in the finals that year. They had Peter Bondra and 
He's the only guy I can remember from that team. Well, it's uh, one more than I could have named. It's a uh, good-looking, uh, good-looking hockey team right now. And we have uh, Niskanen, Virginia, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He's Oshie. on the team. He's on the team. Oshie, yeah, uh, from uh, War Road. Mm-hmm. So we have a nice uh, Minnesota delegation. Is the other there. Nicholas Backstrom still playing? Yes, for yes, yes, and a very good player. But this Kuznutsov, the the young guy, yeah. has kind of become a superstar for them. I but, think he's uh, the one who scored the winner against Pittsburgh, right? To beat Pittsburgh. Yes, and I saw him yesterday. He had the puck, and he basically came down, and there was about three Tampa guys there, and it was kind of an ugly looking breakout. He just skated right past them and went in, and they they. Then he went in and hit the goalie with the puck, and uh, so he a great save, you know. Mm-hmm. They called. I saw about eight great saves yesterday that were all hitting the guy with the puck, you know. <laughs> in the, the seventh grade tournament puck. that you went to? No, watching the Caps yesterday, <laughs> they kept hitting the goalie with the puck. Oh, what a save! No, he hit him with the puck, right all square right. in the chest. By the way, the the seven year old game I went to. Yes, twenty five, twenty three. So you tweet this. Three on three. The goaltending. Hey, I was I only looked at the scoreboard occasionally. Yep. So I thought we were the other side and had lost. And, and when there's so in, much action, it's hard to form, keep up. I was informed otherwise that we'd won. Mm. Uh which I said, Well, that was a tough loss. He said, No, we won. I said, Okay. But the goaltending, very shaky. Sure. 25, 23. A lot of snipers, though, apparently. Yeah. Well, there's some guys, seventh grader, seven-year-olds shouldn't be able to lift the puck and hit a corner, should you they? You know what they had? Some of these kids. You know what they had? Grit. <laughs> a lot they of grit. grit. Grit and they toughness. They had grit. They were, uh, they were behind, but uh, they were behind early. But, you know, three-on-three is not bad for those kids to play. Cause sure, because there's more space. But yeah. Also, I said, we're going to call this the Shaky Walton League, because Mike Shaky Walton was the star of the Saints. And he basically spent the whole game at the blue line, cherry picking. Sure. Lots of cherry picking oh, going on. Oh, I bet. Oh, I three bet. on three, seven here. There's one kid on the other team, number seven, man. He spent his whole game cherry picking. I'm going to be right here. Come on. Yeah. Come on, kid. Get down in there and let's see your grit right. instead of sitting here. Uh, <laughs> we, we did give up a few too many three on O's, I'll say. <laughs> there were several three on O's, which are tough to stop. We'll be back. with Roycey. Let's hear the boys' daily complaints. I'm going to start off today. My daily complaint is we don't have relegation in American soccer. In Germany, Hamburg missed, uh, got relegated for the first time in history. Did you see this? They're throwing firebombs on the... What? Uh, they were wow, throwing firebombs on the field and oh stuff. Oh, It was great. We need that. We need that kind of passion. The utter humiliation of being relegated to the... Uh, by the way, my swans got relegated, too. But I want relegation. I never cared before. But now, after seeing the riot, I want relegation. Relegation what do you got, today, Manny? relegation tomorrow, Yes, relegation we want relegation forever, forever right? <laughs> Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher Jamison Tallion. Yes. He had to leave his start early on Friday because of a cut on his finger. Well, now he's saying that he's willing to do whatever it takes to heal the cut on his finger, including urinating on his finger. Yeah. 
Okay. Wasn't that That's what Moises Alou did? Didn't Moises Alou do that? Yeah, he, he just do threw it on his hands on to his hit, hands make to him tougher. Make yeah. him tougher. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, he grew up with Felipe. It was crazy. You got anything? You got 10 seconds? Uh, I'm good. Okay. I, All right. Relegation. You're right. Let's fight for it. We want riots. <laughs>